Okay, we can start. So I started the recording and want to say hello, everybody. Today we are doing our seven uh, Rex Saga in common from two channels. And uh, I'm proud to announce that today our speaker is Roscoe, uh, co-founder of Rewoke Cash. Today we will talk about Rewoke, its story, personal experience, startups, and Web3 development in common. So hey, Roscoe, it's a pleasure to meet you here. Hey guys, nice um, nice to be here as well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, great. Um, let's start from the first question. So uh, yeah, let's start from introduction. Can you tell us who you are and what you're doing right now? Yeah, um, so my name is Roscoe. Uh, I'm based in Amsterdam in the Netherlands and I have been uh, working on different crypto related projects since uh, 2018, 2017 around that time, um, worked on a bunch of my own sort of side projects. Uh, I've worked for different companies um, and um, uh, and also tried to start uh, a few companies myself. Um, most importantly, last year, I, I, I worked on a startup with a friend of mine, um, which didn't end up working out, but we, um, we had a good time doing it. Um, and since then, um, I've been mainly focusing on Revo.cash, uh, which is a project that I had been working on uh, since 2019, but it was always more kind of like a, a side project. Um, but then since last year, I've been uh, really fully focusing on that. Great. Well, can you tell us more about Rewoke and what it is about? Yeah. So, um, you know, when you're using uh, crypto and we're interacting with um, like smart contracts, you're always um, using this thing called allowances, um, which basically means that you give um, other addresses access to some of your tokens. So, you know, whenever you want to swap tokens on Uniswap, you have to give an allowance or whenever you um, want to sell an NFT on OpenSea, for example, you have to put an allowance for your for your NFT, um, and that is you know those allowances are necessary for the functioning of those smart contracts. Um, so they yeah they, they are necessary, but they can also be um, dangerous uh, if um, if you're not careful and some of the the ways they can be dangerous is like. For example, one thing that we saw um, about a week ago with the, the SushiSwap exploit, um, you know, SushiSwap is definitely like, it's a legitimate project, um, but, you know, even legitimate projects can have some bugs uh, that can get exploited, for example. And then if that happens, uh, in some cases, your allowed funds can be at risk. Um, so not only the funds that are sort of locked up in the smart contract can be stolen, but also just the funds that are in your wallet uh, that you haven't really deposited, um, which is um, which should sound pretty scary. <laughs> um, and then there's also um, this other this other thing that we've seen is um, that a lot of scammers are sort of trying to trick you into signing these allowances, where you know you go to a website and it says, oh hey. Um, claim your airdrop here or mint this cool new NFT, but then actually they are tricking you into giving them an allowance uh, so they can steal your funds essentially. 
Um, and so then where revoke.cash comes in is uh, it gives you basically an overview of all of your allowances and um, and like a way to revoke those allowances or in some cases um, update them so that like change the, the amount that you've approved. Um, and so, yeah, by, by, by doing that, you kind of reduce the risk um, that your funds get so in one of these exploits. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's 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 something that that I would recommend doing um, sort of periodically, like maybe once every week. Um, just log into revoke.cash and see if there's anything um, that should be revoked. Great. Do you have some statistic on how much people using your app? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's definitely um, pretty popular. Um, there's like there's hundreds of thousands of people using it every month um and then of course you know in when like at times like last um last week with uh, the sushi exploit then there's so many people just using it all on the same day um like i think i think it was over a hundred thousand on a single day on that day but i have to say that it's probably the the, the busiest day that we've ever had <laughs> um so yeah. yeah. So as I understand, this is your biggest case, right? In the like live uh, example of how it works exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the um, there have been a few other like big um, big cases. Um, like for example, last year in February, I think um, there was like a big scare that people thought that OpenSea was hacked. Um, but then it turned out to not be the case. It was like some phishing, um, just some phishing thing. Um, but I think back then there were, there were also a lot of people using revoke.cash, but I don't think that's, uh, that's really a, a very good ex like demonstration of the danger of like allowances, because in that case, um, the, the scam was just like phishing rather than, um, some actual exploit. Um, so I think this, this, this sushi exploits definitely uh, a very good demonstration of things that can happen, um, especially because SushiSwap is a very established, like it's a, it's a very big um, product, like everybody knows it, uh, uses it. Um, so then like if even such a big product can be um, exploited and can put like approved funds at risk, um, I think that's a, that's a very um, clear indication of, of you know, why it's important to, to keep your allowances in check. It's so cool to hear that so many people already use this, you know, and this is open case. And one interesting thing that I found out like uh, months ago, I know that you are not raised any money. So you do like foundation and donation. Can you can you tell us how we do that? You know, is it hard or not? And like how you build your product without venture funding? Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's definitely it's it's a very different kind of game from um, going venture funded. Um, so, I'll say that like in in some ways it's um, it's harder because in the sense that like you know it means that um, you know if you're venture funded maybe you raised like two or three million dollars in like some seed round from you know big investors, then you have like money in the bank, right? So you can. Um, you can do a lot of things um, like pay for services or like hire people. 
Um, and those, those are kind of like things that are harder to do when you are, um, uh, when you're not funded and when you're sort of like more reliant on, on just getting the revenue, um, or getting donations in my case. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it does give, um, sort of more freedom over what you're kind of doing. And also it's like the, um, yeah, so it's like you, you, you can kind of set everything up in the way you want to. And I, I also think that sort of not having all that funding kind of um, can be a good thing as well, because that does mean that you have to care about certain things that, you know, VC funded companies don't have to care about. Like maybe VC funded companies, they will um, spend a lot of money on um, certain tools that, uh, you know, if you're bootstrapped, you can't afford, but then that means that you're going to be setting up your product in a very different way, maybe a way that's more scalable in the future, a way that is, you know, you have to think more about what you're doing. And I think in the long run, that can be, um, that can be a good thing as well. Super cool. Can I, can you tell us more about your past startups? Because I know that you have a not uh, small experience in the development, you know, web three development in common. So, yeah, can you tell us just more about it? Yeah, so I think I think the biggest uh, the biggest thing was that um, you know before going full time on on Revoke .cash, um, I was working on this uh, startup with um, with a friend of mine, and we actually did raise VC funding. Um, so I guess I do have some experience. Uh, going through that as well, um, uh, which is uh, which I think is a good thing as well, because then it's it's a bit easier to compare, you know, the different the, the two different things. Um, and but what we were building um, was, you know, um, sort of infrastructure for um, for for human readable transactions. Um, you know, so uh, rather than seeing a bunch of zero x one two three um hex codes you can actually see what, what's happening in the transaction like oh you're swapping uh the tokens on uniswap or hey you're you're about to sell an nft um and i think that that idea you know there, there's a lot of other companies that are that are still building out on, on that idea as well and i think it's 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 a very important idea it's something that that is going to uh, become bigger um especially as crypto grows. Um, and I feel that like some of the things that I was working on there uh, with that startup, um, I also took uh, to, to revoke.cash, like for example, with the, um, the revoke.cash browser extension that I released uh, last summer, which has a similar kind of idea, right? Where you want to make crypto users aware of what they're signing. And so for the revoke.cash browser extension, if you have it installed, it sits like kind of in between the website that you're on and like the wallet that you're using. And then whenever you you do something that might be harmful, like uh, for example, approving an allowance or signing uh, an OpenSea NFT listing, for example, those things, um, then, then, then the revoke the cash browser extension will like pop up and say, "Hey, you know, you are about to sign an allowance for your USDC or something like that. Uh, are you sure that's what you want to do?" And 
you know, if you um, if you're about to swap USDC on Uniswap, then yeah, that's what you what you want to do. But if you think that you're actually um, trying to uh, uh, claim an airdrop, then hopefully you will think twice uh, if you see that kind of pop up. Um, so yeah, I think I think doing that other startup um, before before really going full time on Revoke was definitely super helpful as well, um, both in the sense of like uh, actually going through the whole VC funding process um, and also sort of just the product that we were building. Um, and so, yeah, ultimately, the we um, my co-founder and I, we split up uh, from that company uh, and he's he's doing something um, different now as well with that company. Um, and I'm, I, I decided to um, just focus on revoke.cash instead. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think that that was, that was definitely still a, a very interesting experience, um, to do. Well, if I understand correctly, you do everything by yourself, right? Alone. Yeah. So revoke the cash is a one person business. Um, every now and then I, um, I do, I, I get like some contracting help for, um, for like certain things, I, I I hire someone for like uh, small tasks or for or like a uh, small time jobs, um, but yeah. Besides that, everything is just uh, yeah made by me. Uh, so that's, how, uh, how, how you feel like you you manage all your time by yourself? You know, the, I, I understand <laughs> that you have focus project, but man, you're doing it by yourself. You know, alone. Like, is it not hard? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's 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 kind of the same as like with um with what I said earlier about um you know being VC funded versus you know being not VC funded and like being bootstrapped. Like there's there's upsides and downsides, and I think one of the big upsides of you know being a one person business is you know also that you have sort of the freedom, like is it's. You have the freedom and and sort of flexibility, so you know you can you can figure out what you want to do, what you want to build, and you know when things need to change or when you need to build new features or new things, then um, it's also easy to just do that. It's like okay, well, uh, we should we should add this this thing, and then I just do it. Um, that's not really like. Don't have to talk to um, a lot of other people first to figure out what like the direction is, and I think having that sort of flexibility definitely helps in the grand scheme of things because um, it helps you just move move fast and build things fast. Um, but at the same time, of course, if you're on your own, there 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 is a limit to what you're able to do. Um, you know, so a company of a hundred people definitely has a lot more capacity for like development than a company of one person. Um, but I think um, I think that uh, that it, on, on, it, at the end of the line, um, yeah, I think both have pros, both have cons, and you know, perhaps perhaps in the future. Um, things will change, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but as it is right now, I'm really, um, things are going well. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, 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 I, I like the way it is. Um, it's still possible for me to do a lot 
um, just by myself. You know, I've, it, we, there's the browser extension, then there's a website. So there's like there's already like a few different tools within sort of the the revoke.cache um, suite <laughs> um, that that I can still all maintain by myself. So maybe like once if 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 it starts being too much, then you know perhaps it's time to uh, to expand. But as it is right now, this is uh, everything is working well. Great. Um, so you as a developer, I want to ask you the question about can you can you like say as some kind of roadmap for people who are starts uh, in the web three development, you know, and uh, what your advices will be, what you recommend, what the sources and something like this. Uh, you mean like um, how people can just get started and and, and, yeah, yeah, and do more? Probably. Yeah, yeah, right. So some of them probably die like transform from web two to web three, you know, all of this, probably say some trends, you know, what you think is like uh, in trend right now, you know, what people should mm -hmm. do, what what is better. So like this. Cool. Yeah. I think, I think one of the, I would say one of the, one of the best pieces of advice that I can give is like, um, to, if 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 you're interested in like uh, you know building building some cool crypto projects, um, you know to go to hackathons. Um, I've 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 done a lot of hackathons in the past, and I think it's a really nice way both to meet people and also to sort of like try out uh, developing some new things. Um, and and what what I like about it is like usually you um, with these hackathons you have like it's one weekend. You go to uh, some nice place um, somewhere, and you meet people. You try to find some people to 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 build with, and then for just two days, you build super hard on this one idea. And usually, you're surprised about how much you can do in just two days. Like usually, uh, people can just like you. You have something to present to judges in just two days, and then. You know, perhaps that project is cool enough to to keep working on. You know, you can you can continue that, or at least you had a lot of fun. You learned things. You met people, and then you know, maybe next time you already know some people there, and you can uh, you can grow every time. And um, and the nice thing about these hackathons as well is that they are being organized. Like for example, the ETH Global hackathons, they're being organized all around the world. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you don't always have to travel too far to go to one of these events. Um, if you, if you like keep, keep track of like the, the events going on in, in different cities. So I, yeah, I think in, in most countries in the world, you will see some of these events and, you know, uh, maybe not in, um, in, in every country or, or in every city in the country, but most of like the big cities will definitely have something. Um, yeah, and that, that, that has always been a, a super nice experience from my point of view. And I think if you're living in Amsterdam, you have a lot of them, right? <laughs> you have a lot of different meetups, you know, and the Paris There's definitely a lot of meetups. Yeah. Like I know, I know in, in May will be like Ethereum Dam, right? Yeah. And, uh, something big hackathons that people just organize. There are a lot of small communities, big communities. It depends yeah, what you I prefer, think, you know? Yeah, I think, I think definitely, I, I think like one of the nice parts about sort of Europe is also that 
it's a pretty small like geographic area right like all the different countries in europe are pretty close together so you know then there's an event in lisbon and then there's an event in berlin and then there's an event there so definitely if you're based in europe everything is like it's definitely easier to to go visit these kinds of events so that maybe in certain parts of the us or south america or africa it's it's probably uh a bit harder to uh to attend these events but i think even in those cases there's um there's just fewer events but they're still there right um so let's dive a little bit in technical you know uh aspects and i want to asking you like what do you think about uh future of solidity and evm like in common who do you think will be the um, opponents you know the competitors in the field and like how it will be in the future you know the the vision of it from your mm. side yeah i think um in terms of like evm there's there's definitely like other sort of i guess contenders um there are like different kinds of technologies like for example with with you know you have solana with their sort of rust based um smart contracts but i think even if sort of evm is not perfect which definitely isn't but um when something like that takes off it's always uh it becomes harder and harder to like um move away from it right it's kind of the same thing with um with ERC20 tokens for example the like we're now finding out that there are you know there there might be better solutions to to like tokens and especially to allowances as well um but then if if there's like thousands of ERC20 tokens um yeah it's it's pretty hard to to change the standard and i think it's the same like if there's uh hundreds of different blockchains all using evm then it's going to be harder to um to sort of move away from that um but uh yeah and, and then and then there's also sort of other sort of layer twos for ethereum that are not really evm but they're that are sort of like working on evm compatibility or or equivalence and sort of the reason why they're doing that is also just because all of the other uh, existing chains are also doing that um and there's a lot of tooling built around sort of evm um so if if i recall correctly i think when when optimism first launched they um they had like they weren't completely um evm compatible um but then i think half a year later or something they, they they did end up sort of um forcing or like changing their their system so that it 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 would be compatible with evm just because without that that compatibility it's it's super hard to to um you know get get developers to develop on your platform um because there's just less tooling so i think from that perspective i think um yeah evm will still be pretty dominant in the coming time um and but hopefully um there yeah, there's there's always improvements to be made and i think uh i think yeah there's still uh plenty of work to be done you're great so um you are the creator of your product you are tech lead you know you are everybody <laughs> 
Can you like deeply tell us how works exactly the Revo cache? Uh, you mean on a technical level? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so essentially, um, the I guess that's sort of the the nice one of one of the good things about these token standards like ERC twenty and ERC seven twenty one eleven fifty five um, is that they all sort of have to conform to the same um, standards, like they have to be the same. Um, um, they have to have like the same sort of functionality and, and, and work in the same way. And that is super useful for things like wallets, right? Because then uh, every EOC 20 token will have the same kind of transfer function and the same kind of approval function. So um, it's super easy for wallets to sort of integrate uh, transferring funds and, and things like that. But also for um, uh, like revoking allowances, um, so the way that works is that every um, every ERC twenty token, for example, has like this this function called approve, where you um, where you can set like uh, you can pass in a different uh, contract. Um, uh, they can pass uh, uh, in in a contract. You can say, okay, well, this contract can spend X amount of my USDC, for example, and then that's a you you submit that transaction and then that that account gets access to your funds and then for revoking it's kind of the exact same thing except instead of send, saying oh you now have access to a thousand of my USDC you pass in zero to that to that function you say oh you have access to zero of my of my USDC and um, so that, that that's like a very um, sort of simple way of looking at that that you know it's it's all the same thing approving revoking it's really kind of the same thing um and then anytime you approve or you or you revoke an allowance on on the blockchain the smart contract has to emit an event that says oh uh hey guys uh an allowance was just approved from this address to that address for this amount for example and revoke.cache just looks at, at like all those uh, events to figure out, hey, um, you know, uh, which allowances have been granted to whom um, by just looking at those those um, allowances. And then and then we just put that in um, in a dashboard. And essentially when you click um, click the revoke button on revoke.cache, uh, we just yeah, we 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 send an um, a transaction to the blockchain um, that says, you know, approve zero. Um, that's kind of like, yeah, that, that's sort of the rundown of how it works on like the smart contract level, I'd say. Great, super cool. Um, what do you think about ZK and all of this uh, modern, you know, implementation layer tools and everything about mm. this? I have to say that I, um, I'm really not up to date on like all the ZK stuff. It's um, I've I've tried multiple times to really wrap my head around the technical side of that, and it's just super hard for me to sort of like get get into that because it's every time when you sort of uh, get into the, the the ZK proofs and things like that, 
Um, you know, I, I think anyone that that has tried to get into this, you know, it, it always starts, I think, with this example of, you know, what what is a zk proof, like a zero knowledge proof, um, and then I think the um, uh, the example is like, okay, well, um, if you're colorblind and you have a red ball and a, and a green ball, um, and then someone tells you that they are different colors, but to you, they look the same, right? Uh, and then I think I think the question is like, oh, how, how can the other person prove that they are actually different colors? And then you have like this whole process of, you know, swapping the balls and this whole kind of thing doing that a million times and then at some point you you you've proven it the 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 uh, that the balls are different colors and that's like how zk proofs work apparently but then to go from there to like having all these super complex um like uh, uh um yeah like zk proofing solutions for ethereum and all these things it's like i still haven't figured that out so I'll, i just have to uh I can't really go into that too much. Okay, cool. Uh, so uh, I want to ask you a question about, I saw in your Twitter account, uh, the photo that pinned pin it like with your dad, right? You did some generative art, something like that, mm -hmm. the project about it. Can you tell us yeah, more about? Yeah, sure. Um, so my dad is, um, is an artist. Um, he usually did like uh, mostly painting, um, but recently also more like um, sort of paper uh, work with paper. Um, but it's all like physical art, right? And um, and it's all abstract art that he does. Um, and sort of the central thing about his art is that he um, he exclusively makes stripes, so like just lines of different colors. Um, and the interesting thing there is that. Um, just by itself, like a stripe can be perfect, right? It can be like a perfectly straight line um, with perfect edges, perfect um, parallel. But if you're a person and you are like painting a stripe, then it is basically impossible to, to make that line perfect. Um, and that is sort of like the beauty of, of a lot of art as well, that sort of people try to do things perfectly, but then, it never ends up working out. Um, so that, that that's sort of like the, the whole idea behind the art that my dad makes. Um, and then I think um, last year, uh, of course, there was a lot of like popularity around NFTs and digital art and generative art. Um, so I reached out to my dad and said, hey, you know, um, how do you feel about like trying to make some NFTs that are sort of based on those same concepts as your um, physical work? Um, so that's that's what we ended up doing, and of course, if you're, if you're like talking about sort of the concept of perfection, then you know a person can't do perfect things uh, or like can't draw a perfect line, but a computer will always draw a perfect line. Um, so there's like a a very big difference between like what a computer does and what a a person can do. So we had to sort of. Um, purposefully and like explicitly try to make the computer do imperfect things, which is a very sort of weird <laughs> thing to do and a very, yeah. So that was like a super interesting, interesting thing to do. Like try to make a computer do imperfect things like a, like, like a human would do actually. 
And so um, that's that's what we did, and I, I think it turned out pretty well. And we um, we launched that on uh, on Artblocks um, last year in uh, in May, uh, which which went well. So I mean, if you guys are into generative art, definitely go check that out. Um, yeah, I uh, I definitely will because it's so cool, you know, fa family family business or something like family. <laughs> Creative arts, you know, it's great. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun doing that with my dad. Yeah, cool. So, as a one of the last question, can you tell us the roadmap of uh, Rewall Cash? What's your like goals? What you can tell or not? You know, what your like mm -hmm. next steps and yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I think um, that's a few things for Revoke that I want to um, focus on. Um, I think one, one big thing, um, is sort of like education, um, because a lot of times, um, people share revoke.cash on, on Twitter or on like other social media when people get hacked or like when there's a big exploit, like with the sushi swap thing, uh, recently and then people share revoke.cash and say like, oh, well, go to revoke.cash, uh, check it out. But then if you just click the link and you get there, a lot of people still don't really know what they're supposed to be doing with that. Um, and so I think I think it's important uh, for revoke.cash to sort of like just play more of that educational role there and provide more sort of content um, to help people understand, you know, what is an allowance? What am I supposed to do uh, on this website? Things like that. So I really want to um, just expand on that more. Um, and then there's also just uh, um, some other features that I want to focus on, like um, uh, one thing, one one sort of big thing that I want to add in, in uh, at some point is like uh, uh, an allowance history where you can see like, oh, well, this is where you approve this allowance and this is where you revoked it again. So like, just so people can understand you know, what, what they are actually doing uh, a bit better maybe. Um, and then also one thing that I'm um, trying to work on is is sort of a, a Revoke premium uh, subscription. So the way it is right now, you know, Revoke.cash is, is free. And I, th I think that sort of the current version of Revoke.cash should definitely be free. And all of that functionality should always stay free because it is just such an important tool to manage your safety and you know everybody should be should be able to sort of stay safe in in uh, in crypto um that's what i'm thinking about like uh, more additional convenience features to add to the to like a sort of a premium subscription model um just so that uh you know the the, the company can um make some more revenue in that way and and you know be able to 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 keep sustaining you know the development um, but yeah, I think uh, it's still it's still not entirely clear exactly what that premium will look like, but it's definitely um, on the list uh, of, of of upcoming things. It's very motivational to to listen to speak with you, you know, and uh, just tell some end words, you know, to people to try kind of you know open their mind that everything is possible you can do it even if you don't have a partner you don't have a kind of understanding what you're doing like just start right just tell us you know yeah um yeah i think 
I think the, the the big thing is to like you said just just do stuff um you know i think i think uh always when i was also like when i was just working for companies i was always also working on some cool things that i that i liked um uh, I've, I've built a, a lot of like developer tooling as well so i think the what has worked the best for me in terms of like what i'm what i'm building is like I try to build things that I kind of want to use myself, but that aren't there or don't work very well if they are there. Um, and that's the case for a lot of my developer tooling, but also for revoke.cache, you know, when I when I started that, um, you know, I, I, I kind of just wanted to see my own allowances <laughs> and then I have to I have to build it. Um, so I think I think that 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 can work very well. Well, you, you know, just think about, you know, what, what do I need? And then build that, and chances are that other people kind of like that as well, uh, and want to use that as well. Thank you so much for contributing in the Rigtov. You know, I'm so appreciated to you. I'm re really like glad to speak with you. Uh, thank you for sharing the you know knowledge, experience, all of this. I hope we will we will speak. We will be on the line with you. You know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, just very glad to hear today. Yo, Sounds good. Thanks so much for uh, for having me on. Yeah, so yeah, see you next time. <laughs> see you. Bye bye.